I'm working on trying trying to get the uh, the YouTube chat uh, popped out. Somebody told me that that's what they do. I think Greg told me he pops out the YouTube chat. I've so far I have yet to <laughs> try to interact with chat at all during a live stream. I tried once, like with it on my phone, and just couldn't keep up. Who knows if I'm going to be able to today? But uh, going to try to to pop it out. Yep. Yeah, it's a lot easier to interact on these strategy shows with shelf life than it is on the deeper dive or live before lot. Right. Yeah. Yeah, man, let's do it. Hopefully we make it through the hour, you know? Yeah, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to the awesome.com NFL strategy show, a very special Saturday edition presented by Jock Market. I'm Dave Lochran at Lafay underscore D on Twitter. For those of you on podcast, L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D joined by and I'm excited for this. We don't do too many shows together. Neil Orfield at player Q DFS on Twitter. Millie maker winner DFS player extraordinaire here to break down. Let's let's be real, Neil. This is I'm um, taking the hood off for this. Didn't know it was on. This is an absolute shit show for tomorrow's slate. Yes, it is. Yeah, I'm looking forward to breaking it down, but also everything that we say here might be irrelevant by tomorrow. I I joked earlier that we're going to be talking about a slate that might not happen. I think it's probably going to happen. I think it's possible that the Browns game gets moved to Monday or Tuesday. But uh, if, if I had a lean right now, I still think that it's going to happen, especially with the new protocols that uh, if a player now tests negative, they can come back. Uh, so there's there's a lot of moving parts in this slate, but it should be a fun one, I think. Yeah, it, it should. It might be miserable, but if they do move it, that would mean we have NFL on Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and potentially Tuesday, which would be kind of cool. And by the way, you know, if you wanted to pop that out, the three lines up top on the chat. Um, I, so I, I did. It? I, I okay. found it. I've got it. I see uh, Stephen Leibowitz wants to talk shit to me. Um, so <laughs> go, go ahead, Stephen. I can see it. I was going to respond. So here's my only issue is when I try to do this, I try to do the at thing. I was going to at Stephen and it doesn't like populate with his with his username. So maybe that's uh, something I got to deal with, I guess. Uh, but I can yeah, see it. It works for me. Okay. Yeah, I don't know why. For me. Okay. I don't know. I'm not sure what it is. But anyway, Ricky Bobby, what's up, man? It says Lafayette and Neil, what a great show this is going to be. Yeah, I'm excited for it for sure. And uh, Patrick Reed, you guys better hire me if I get fired by my boss as I listen to you guys like every single day and mostly shows too at work. Uh, but still waiting for my first big win. It's coming, man. It's coming for everybody. Uh, yeah. Look, here's what I know, Neil. When I was typing up the run sheet for this, and just looking over the injuries, the Vegas Raiders, you've got Darren Waller. You know, Patriots have a couple running backs questionable, but as of now, I'm just approaching that as if they play. Indy's pretty healthy, and they're coming off of a bye week, so you're pretty good there. But Cleveland has just an absurd, and we knew this going into it, an absurd amount of issues here with COVID and ankle injuries and concussions. I mean, you couldn't pick a worse week to be the Cleveland Browns playing on a Saturday. It's just, it's really bad. Yeah, it's, it's really tough. Um, hopefully the COVID stuff, if, if they test negative now, maybe we'll get some of these players back, which throws a wrinkle into what, how, how we plan. I mean, can Jarvis Landry come back and Baker Mayfield come back? Right. Uh, if they can, that kind of changes the whole slate. But yeah, it's, it's a really, it's a tough one to break down just because there are so many COVID issues. And also, I mean, we're seeing what's happening in the NBA. We're just getting so many everyday new players testing positive for COVID. It wouldn't be that surprising if some of these players who are currently in are going to be 
testing positive within the next 24 hours. And then, you know, if it happens tomorrow, they're not going to have that opportunity to then test negative the next day. So it's really hard to say who is going to be in and who's going to be out. But, you know, for now, we can kind of lean towards assuming the players who have tested positive will continue to test positive. Um, I think that's kind of the only approach that we can do a day ahead of time. Well, I'm happy to be talking Saturday football. So let's dive into this. Before we do, hit that thumbs up and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so yet. We're 1,400 away from 70,000 subs. Uh, you guys make this worthwhile. Let me put it to you that way. It's a whole lot more fun uh, when we keep gaining subs and, and viewers and people who want to watch these shows. So if you like this, it only takes a second. If you enjoy the free content, hit that thumbs up and subscribe. And if you want to join, Hit that join down below as well. You get the custom emojis, the free super chats each month, the badges that uh, get cooler. You see the badges in chat right now. Sterling's got one. A bunch of other people you'll see pop up. Steven's got one as well. Priority access to questions as well uh, in terms of Discord, premium Discord members and our, our YouTube guys here. When you join the team, you got that. And of course, we'll shout you out. All of that great stuff. So you want to go for it. Love to have you on board. If not, that's okay too. All right, Neil, two games to touch on. Let's kick it off with the Raiders and Cleveland. That's 430. As of now, they're playing. So we'll see. We're going to have to do what we can to decipher this. And I think as of now, my assumption is that Mayfield and Landry aren't playing. And I only say that, not because I know for a fact, but they're three and a half point home dogs, which would certainly not be the case if the expectation was that those two were going to play. And I know they have uh, COVID absences elsewhere, but we can start it off there with Las Vegas, three and a half point road favorites. Darren Waller is out here, and that's probably as good a spot as ever to start with this passing game, which has been just completely anemic of late. Yeah, so the passing game has been pretty bad, and we're expecting heavy rain and winds tomorrow, which doesn't help. Um, but the Browns have been worse against the pass than the rush. They're 20th in pass DVOA per Football Outsiders, 11th in rush DVOA. So I think that probably the Raiders will be throwing the ball some. Uh, Derek Carr, one of the players who has a positive leverage score currently in the boom bust tool, um, 21.3% projected ownership for Derek Carr, 27.1% optimal probability. So Derek Carr does look solid despite the really low total in this game and the heavy rain and winds we'll see if that changes going into the game but i think that derek derek Carr is somebody that we can target um and i think that foster moreau looks really good in this spot um he's got slightly negative leverage uh 25.5 projected ownership 22.1 percent optimal line of probability but Cleveland has allowed 654 yards receiving and eight touchdowns on the season to tight ends so far. So uh, Foster Moreau coming in at 3,700 against a pretty weak Browns defense against tight ends looks really good. Um, obviously, Hunter Renfro looks great. Um, he actually has a positive leverage score, which kind of surprised me, given that Hunter Renfro is up to 7,300. I thought that that might be a little bit expensive for Hunter Renfro, but I mean, he's been getting the targets. It, it kind of makes sense, I guess, uh, when you you know take a macro look at it, that he he's just been performing every week going off. So he actually he's projected for 55.3% ownership with a 56.4% chance of being optimal. Um, yeah, I, I think that I'm, I'm excited about this uh, this this passing attack. Um, I'll, I'll add in Deshaun Jackson just looks incredible currently in the boom bust tool. 4.5% projected ownership, 14.4% optimal. I'm a little bit concerned with the weather with Deshaun Jackson just because he's usually such a long ball threat. Um, maybe they can get him involved with a dink and dunk kind of play, but I don't know. I, I, that's not really how I 
what I usually think of uh, for Deshaun Jackson. I think of him as being kind of the, the home run type player. Um, how are you feeling about this passing attack? I definitely don't see a way that you really get away from Hunter Renfro on a slate like this. It's going to be very difficult. And especially if Landry's out, I mean, Landry's right yet another one of those players who let's, let's be clear about something when he's been on the field recently, especially since Odell Beckham left, he has a target share around 27%. He's getting peppered with targets. And even last week, sure. It was, it was a disappointing. Oh, well, he wasn't horrible. I mean, he still had 15 DraftKings points, but five receptions and a touchdown only 41 yards, but he now has double digit targets in back-to-back games, 28 targets over his last three. So taking him out of the equation on a two game slate is significant. Uh, Look at the rest of the wide receivers, Neil, on this slate. We can move around a little bit here just to get to, to provide some context. I mean, Deshaun Jackson is the one, two, three, four, five, seventh highest priced wide receiver on this slate. It's at 3,700. Yeah. yeah, it's not great. At, right, exactly. At 3,700. So once you drop below Renfro, you have Michael Pittman, who I like, but still not the greatest matchup. And we all know that Jonathan Taylor is the is the engine that makes that team go. Then you're talking Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers and Donovan Peoples-Jones. We'll get to some good options and some good value. But Renfro is far and away the best wide receiver option on this slate. Yeah, no, he, he looks great. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's the hard thing is because, like, everybody's going to be going there because it's very clear that Hunter Renfro – Jonathan Taylor, like these, these top end players, it's easy to get to them because there are so many cheap options uh, and they're just clearly the best at their positions. So I hate that their ownership is going to be high, but they all still look really good. Like they all still have really high uh, optimal lineup probabilities. Um, yeah, I think I think Hunter Renfro makes a lot of sense. I'm going to be playing a lot of Hunter Renfro. Like I said, he has positive leverage despite the $7,300 price tag. So yeah, I think Hunter Renfro makes a ton of sense. Um, I'm almost wondering now, so I'm treating this for the most part like a showdown slate almost, like where you got to play some of these weird guys. If you're trying to win the Millie, you're probably not going to do it with all of the chalkiest players. There's going to be a lot of lineups that are duplicated 200 times, 300 times, maybe more. Um, so I, I'm treating this a little bit closer to a showdown slate than a regular slate, this two-game slate, um, which makes me almost wonder if I want to leave salary on the table. It's not something that I historically do um, on these non-showdown slates, even short slates, I don't require that salary be left on the table. That might be something worth looking at. Maybe I'll maybe I'll try and study what some other pros are doing. Uh, just it's kind of having this idea right now that maybe this is because there are some of these players, Deshaun Jackson, Zay Jones, Brian Edwards, any one of them could go off. Like it wouldn't shock us if he, if any of them score a touchdown because there's only really one uh, receiver ahead of them on the depth chart. Like I mean ahead of Deshaun Jackson. I don't know who you consider the number two there anyway, but they're all of these guys are super cheap and very viable uh, and, you know, could become optimal at less than the full salary. So uh, yeah, I have a lot of interest in all of these pass catchers, Hunter Renfro. I'd say obviously Hunter Renfro is my top option here. I think Foster Moreau, probably number two, then maybe Deshaun Jackson Uh, just because, so we're looking at Deshaun Deshaun Jackson versus Zay Jones. 
Uh, they're coming in at similar optimal lineup probability. Zay Jones, 16.9% optimal. Deshaun Jackson, just a little bit below him at 14.4% optimal. But in the large field tournaments, Deshaun Jackson only expected to have 4.5% ownership. Zay Jones up at 18%. So in terms of large field tournaments, I think that Deshaun Jackson makes a little bit more sense to me than Zay Jones, assuming this ownership stays the same. And then Brian Edwards even looks pretty good. 3.7% projected ownership. 7.6% optimal lineup probability. Yeah, I think I think all of these guys are viable plays. I don't know if you want to go down to the Tyrone Johnsons of the world. Maybe you could on a two-game slate, but uh, I think that all these guys are low enough owned uh, and, and very viable. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's a good good place to go. Do you think you're going to be playing a lot of Derek Carr? Do you think he's going to be your heaviest owned quarterback, or do you have any idea there yet? So, quickly, I just wanted to throw some numbers for Renfro out there, and then, yeah, we'll talk Carr. I- in the three, he's played three games without Waller this year. I'm using uh, the game splits. He's averaging almost 10 receptions per game on those, which is just remarkable. Almost 100 yards. He's it, it's 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 as easy as you just have to get there. He has an 84.3 percent reception rating this year, which is the highest in the league. Uh, the highest in the league. As a matter of fact, it's so crazy that the only player, if you include running backs that has a higher reception rate than him is Josh Jacob with 51 targets. But you don't even have running backs outside of that with a high. It's, it's just, it's truly crazy. Uh, so yeah, anyone with at least 50 targets, Hunter Renfro is far and away the best there is in the league. And with Carr, it, it's been ugly lately. I mean, you, you've seen some really big trouble spots against Kansas city. They were completely anemic against Washington. That was an ugly game. Dallas was that solid one on Thanksgiving. That's the last real impressive performance they've had. But this offense has scored 16 or fewer points in five of their last six games. Prior to that, they were ripping off some really big performances. They've come back down to earth. It's looked ugly. But against such a decimated Cleveland team, I think you have to look there a little bit because let's let's do the same thing we did with receivers. It's either Wentz. It's probably not, you probably don't have Mayfield and Mayfield hasn't been particularly good to begin with, but I would, if he's good to go, I would definitely have a lot of Baker Mayfield against this Raiders defense, Mac Jones, who they prefer not to have him throw a lot or, or Nick Mullins, Neil, I mean, Derek Carr is the best quarterback on this slate because it's just a, there's nothing else to get to. Yeah, I agree. I think the only thing really holding him back is probably that weather. Um, we're yeah. looking at, like I said, heavy rain and winds. Uh, they do have that. That game has the lower total, which is not what I would have expected going in. I would have thought Patriots and Colts would have the lower total for sure, just because the defenses are so much better. Uh, but that that's not the way it's looking currently. This game is only expected. They're, they're expecting 38 and a half points as the over under for the uh, Cleveland Raiders game. So that's the only reason that I think it might be viable to be going to, you know, when some Mac Jones, Mac Jones actually has a positive leverage score. He's, he has the most positive leverage score uh, of all of these receivers at 20.8% ownership, 28.3% optimal. So I'm not going to be going too hard. I don't think on Derek Carr versus Baker Mayfield, I almost feel like you could split it. I don't, I don't think it would necessarily be wrong to just play 25% each of the four starting quarterbacks. I think that's almost viable on this slate because there's nobody who really, totally stands out to me in terms of leverage, like in terms of uh, their projected ownership versus their chances of being optimal. The, the guys who are over 25% have negative leverage guys, leverage scores. The guys who are under 25% projected ownership have positive leverage scores. I don't know how to play this one. Exactly. It's going to be, 
I guess I'll see how my lineups come out uh, tomorrow. I haven't built them yet. Cleveland is a really interesting spot. We currently have uh, Case Keenum as the quarterback in the boom bust tool. That might kind of shake things up depending on who's in there. Um, it's looking, I think Nick Mullins is actually the most likely, but yeah, Baker yeah. Mayfield is the one that you'd be most happy to play. So I guess we're, we're splitting the difference with Case Keenum being the projected starter. Um, but yeah, I, I don't have really a strong take on any of these quarters. I, I agree with you. Derek Carr is the best fantasy quarterback of the group. I just, he's going to be, uh, I guess he, he, he does have a positive leverage score. So yeah, you can p- play some Derek Carr, but it's a low total, bad weather. Those are the only things really holding you back there. Yeah, no, and 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 I, I'm concerned about that too. We'll see what the weather looks like by the time tomorrow rolls around. Sometimes things change. We know, we know that when it comes to forecasting. But the the one reason I I the I don't like rostering Derek Carr. I haven't liked re- rostering him lately is because they've just struggled. But he is attempting a ton of passes. Will that change in a spot like this? I, I don't know. It's definitely possible if Cleveland struggles to move the ball. But at Cleveland's Cleveland's applied total open to 28, Neil. It's down to 17 and a half. It's insane. Yeah. Crazy. You don't see movement like that very much. No. I mean, on Sunday's game, the Eagles went from, I think, minus three to minus 12. Wow. Huge, huge <laughs> movement on these teams because they're That's facing insane. the, the they're facing Washington. Yeah. You know, and Washington has 22 players on COVID list right now. But the, the thing I like most about Derek Carr is if I'm playing him, I know that I can stack him with Hunter Renfro and I know that there's enough value on this slate to where I'm not going to have to worry about, Oh, you know, I'm playing Derek Carr. Who's not particularly expensive with Renfro who's up there, but there's so much value. And you mentioned the Sean Jackson earlier. What better way to, again, weather permitting, we'll pay attention to that, but what better type of cheap player than a Deshaun Jackson, who on a two game slate might only need one big play to end up being in the optimal. Yeah. Uh, we'll get here, but I just got the news that Damian Harris is out tomorrow. So that'll, that'll change the way we talk about the Patriots. Wow. He's yeah. That Damian is Harris huge. is out. Yeah. Glad, glad to get that news now. So we can talk about that with a little bit more information. Okay. Yeah. That's really big news because he'd been splitting with Ramadre Stevenson. Actually, it does kind of make sense, right? Because you saw him pull that hammy. He was going to, yeah. he was going to run for 200 damn yards against Buffalo. Mm-hmm. If he didn't pull that hammy yep. in, in that win game, but they had a bye last week, right? Uh, yes, they did. Yeah. So, okay. He's definitely banged up. Yeah. We'll get to that one. Let's talk about Cleveland first. Pay attention tomorrow. Deeper dive live before lock. Uh, we'll have a live before lock for the new England uh, and indie game as well, but pay, you got it. You, this strategy show is going to help you get, build the foundation, set the foundation. And then the actual, uh, structural components will come in tomorrow. Once we start to get an idea of whether or not these guys are activated. So, I know usually on the primetime games, they have till four o'clock to activate these players. Uh, but when it comes to tomorrow, I don't know what time, I don't know when they'll have to activate players that can be, that can play. You know, I'm not exactly sure if the first game's at four 30. Yeah. I, I don't know the exact rules in terms of uh, players being reactivated when they're testing and stuff yet either. So yeah, we'll, we'll be having to pay close attention. I'm going to be on the deeper dive uh, before the first game tomorrow. So hopefully I'll have a little bit better information for you there. Uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Okay. Yeah. And uh, Benny, you uh, sorry. Uh, Chris said Stevenson and Bolden become interesting. Now Bolden's also questionable. So, could he yeah. play? Sure. But if he doesn't play, then Stevenson. Yeah. Mega, mega chalk. 
Yeah. Anyway, yeah. with Cleveland, we don't know what's going on, but I'm just going to read these up. I'll do it and try and be as concise as possible, but it's going to be tough. So Baker Mayfield, Case Keenum on the COVID reserve list at quarterback. At wide receiver, Jarvis Landry's on the COVID-19 reserve list. But Anthony Schwartz is out with a concussion. And JoJo Natson, if you don't know these guys, it's okay. Just understand that it all adds up. JoJo Natson also out, both of them out with, with COVID on the COVID-19 list and a concussion. Brown signed Lawrence Cager to the active roster from the practice squad as a wide receiver. He is in the player pool. Austin Hooper's on the COVID-19 list. David Njoku was just activated. And then Harrison Bryant tending to an injury is questionable. What a shit show in, in Cleveland, Neil. Yeah, it's a major shit show. Also, they have Jamarcus Bradley, who is not on DraftKings. He's not in the player pool for some reason. They got Cager in there, but not Jamarcus Bradley, who has actually been relevant before. I'm pretty sure I played Jamarcus Bradley this season. So that kind of surprised me to see that he is not in the player pool. Something to keep in mind. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be really wild seeing who they actually end up playing, throwing to. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's going to be a fun game. I'm, I'm going to enjoy watching the game as somebody who's invested from a DFS standpoint. I don't really know how you watch this game if, if you're not. Um, but currently, yeah, so we're expecting, uh, we still have Jarvis Landry in the boom bust tool as in. So all of the boom bust data is a little bit irrelevant. I think if he is ruled out for, for this team, because currently we have a major negative leverage score on Donovan Peoples Jones project for 30.6% ownership with an 18.6% chance of being optimal. I suspect that, uh, if, if Jarvis Landry is ruled out, both of those numbers will go up and I have no idea whether he will be positive leverage or negative leverage by the time that game comes around, but he will be their number one receiving option. So I imagine you're going to want to play some Donovan people Jones at 4,500, uh, even in, even in this bad weather game. Uh, and then Rashad Higgins at 3000 becomes really interesting to me because he has some talent. I, I think they've, you know, they've given him chances before he hasn't really succeeded, but I think now I, I still think that he's a good enough player that he could. It wouldn't be surprising to me at 3000. I'm going to play some Rashad Higgins. Do you think you're going to get to any Lawrence Cager? No, I, I don't. I, because I look at it in. Okay. You're already dealing with weather. You're dealing with Nick likely to be Nick Mullins. You're dealing with a team whose total has dropped 11 points. And you're also dealing with a team that prefers to run the football as much as possible anyway. So to me, it all kind of just adds up and it makes me a lot more interested in somebody like Nick Chubb. And quite frankly, I, I don't, I don't see an issue getting to Dearness Johnson either in some lineups. Wouldn't shock me if, if good lineups have both of these guys, they're going to want to run the football. We've seen Nick Chubb and, and Kareem hunt who is out this week. I think I may have forgot to mention that Kareem hunts out with an ankle injury. We've seen those two guys coexist in the same game with Baker Mayfield and Jarvis Landry. Now, if you take all of those guys out, you consider Vegas offense hasn't been great. And Cleveland's defense is susceptible to some big plays at times, but overall they're, they're at least decent enough. I could see Nick Chubb and Dearness Johnson, specifically Chubb, but Dearness Johnson too, getting more than enough work in a game like this. And it would be shocking if Kevin Stefanski didn't look to absolutely grind down this Raiders defense, whose weakness is clearly the run game with guys like Chubb, with guys like Dearness Johnson and a good run blocking line. It's been banged up. I get that. But still, uh, this should be the, the MO, the game plan for Cleveland. And if that's the case, I'm going to want a lot of Nick Chubb. 
Yeah, so I am 100% with you. I'm glad you brought up Dearness Johnson. I've actually, I tried this before against the Lions. It was a very similar situation where Dearness Johnson, at that point, he had been the healthy back and then Nick Chubb came back. So I thought maybe Dearness Johnson would be in the Kareem Hunt role in that game. It was bad weather in that game. I thought nobody's going to play him. He's too cheap if he does assume that Kareem Hunt role. And then, of course, they just were terrible the whole game. It was Baker Mayfield was banged up. The weather was bad. They couldn't do anything. So it didn't work out. I'm going right back to it. We haven't projected for 4.7% ownership. And this is also a two-game slate compared yeah. to a main slate. Yep, exactly. I did it on a main slate. I mean, that's right. that's just me being a little bit nuts. Uh, but on a two-game slate, I think that it's extremely viable for a player like Dearness Johnson at 4.7% projected ownership. I think that he's a great play on this slate. Um, just because if they do rush the ball a little bit more. I mean, it's bad weather. They should be rushing the ball a little bit more against this Raiders defense that is susceptible to the run. I'm going to have a ton of both of these guys. I really like Nick Chubb. Uh, he has a slight negative leverage score. They, they actually both have slight negative leverage scores in the boom bust tool, but it's a two game slate. I think that there are scenarios where both of these guys, they just pound it the whole game. Um, so I, I really like both Nick Chubb and Dearness Johnson. I'm, I'm glad you brought them up. And then Demetri Felton has been a little bit of a thorn in Dearness Johnson's side at times when he's been the number two back. Uh, he had two muff punts in the last game. That was his, his only offense in the last game. He had two muff punts. So I don't really think that Demetri Felton is going to be a huge issue this game. I, I could be wrong, but my expectation is that they're going to be rushing it a lot and I'm going to want to be over the field, I think, on over the field for sure on Dearness Johnson, probably by a good amount and probably on Nick Chubb as well, even at 55% projected ownership. Would you play both of these guys together in lineups? For sure. On a two game okay. slate. Yeah, I don't. I don't Me see too. Wrong with that. I have zero. Again, you're not we're not we're not doing this on a team that doesn't want to run the ball either. We're, do, we're talking about a team that is more than willing to force feed their running backs as much uh, work as possible in a spot like this. And. They're still only three and a half point dogs, despite all of the problems that they have right now in Cleveland. They're still only three and a half point dogs. So uh, sure, if it was in Vegas, it'd be what, six and a half or around that. But I'm just not convinced that Vegas is a very good football team right now, which leads me to this run game heavily. Uh, Nick, somebody said in chat, Nick Mullins isn't much of a downgrade. Look, he, in San Francisco last year, he was, I guess, serviceable. They had a lot of injuries. And yeah, Sterling, he had that 15 game target game to Kittle where Kittle, I thought, caught all 15 of them. It was against the Eagles. But I'd still say he is a downgrade. Nick Mullins is not very good. How much of a downgrade? I don't know. I, I'm not sure how much it's going to matter. But uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones is, is at least somebody, especially if Landry's out, that I'm willing to get to. Uh, I liked him last week a lot, and he was fine. He had five for 90 on seven targets. But the reason I like him is because he is your legitimate deep threat your downfield threat and on these short slates if you can get a couple deep balls to him even even if it's mullins i'm willing to take some shots there i'm not going to be heavy on anybody here but i did want to ask you about david and joku because if austin hooper sits harrison bryant might not play either and david and joku has just been activated uh from from the COVID 19 reserve list he makes for a really interesting play. I think he's mispriced at 2,800 given the circumstances. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I would like David Njoku. If, if both Hooper and Bryant are out, for sure, David Njoku will look 
really great, um, especially in, in a bad weather game. He's a kind of player that you think would be targeted a little bit more when, you know, you're not wanting to throw it too deep. You're going to throw it probably to your big tight end. Um, so, yeah, I think David Njoku will look great. We currently have in the boom bustle, we have Harrison Bryant projected to be in. Um, I don't really know what to expect, whether he is going to play. But even with Harrison Bryant projected in, we have David Njoku projected for 13% ownership, 16.1% optimal line of probability. So he has positive leverage, even with Harrison Bryant in. I think if Bryant is out, he'll just look even that much better. Um, I don't know if you could play Miller Forrestall, I think would be the, the number two tight end stepping in if Harrison Bryant and Austin Hooper are out. Maybe you could play it to get weird. I don't know that I'm going to be going there because I think that there are just enough uh inexpensive and unowned players that are just better than Miller Forrestall that I, I suspect he won't be necessary, but a name to throw out there. If, if both Hooper and Bryant are out, then he would, I think, become the number two tight end for the Browns. Um, but yeah, in that, in that scenario, I think David Njoku becomes a priority. Do you think this is one of those sites where we don't need to go insanely crazy uh, with, with off the wall plays because there aren't that many expensive players, or do you still think you'll be taking some shots on some very obscure options on this slate? Um, I'll probably be taking some shots uh, just because, you know, you do need to get different a little bit. I don't want to have too many duplicated lineups. And I think the best way to avoid duplicated lineups is probably by taking some shots on some weird guys. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's as much of a priority just because we do have so many low owned options currently we'll see if that remains the case tomorrow but i mean we have a lot of like actually really solid low owned options i think jalen richard looks good brian edwards these guys are all under five percent deshaun jackson's under five percent owned uh they all look pretty solid and then you got rashad higgins at 5.4 percent ownership you could play i guess lawrence cager yeah there's just so many guys that look like they're going to be pretty low and johnny smith 5.9 percent projected ownership like there are a number of guys who aren't going to have a ton of ownership. So yeah, I think, I don't think you need to get too crazy. I might take a shot here or there on some really weird plays. Um, maybe, maybe you consider, maybe some people consider Dearness Johnson kind of a crazy play. I don't think he's that crazy. And I'm, he's a play that I'm going to be well over the field on, but I don't think you have to go like really off the wall here. Like, like a Harrison Forrestall, Miller Forrestall. I don't, I don't think you really need to be going that crazy on this slate. Neither do I. And it's only because there's just going to be so much value. I mean, if Jarvis is out and our ownership projections update, Higgins ownership will definitely come up. But yeah. as you good mentioned point. a second ago, yeah, yeah. There, there's a lot of, there's a lot of good chief spots. We'll build, you and I are going to build a lineup. We're just going to, we're going to hand okay. build one at the end of the show and see what we can come up with for a large field. Let's cause I haven't built anything yet. I'm curious to see with this little thought experiment where we land on first, we got to talk about new England and Indianapolis but uh, if you haven't checked out our sponsor yet, uh, well, you probably should get over to that because whenever you're getting $100 risk-free first market guarantees, risk-free first market guarantee, I like that, then you should be taking advantage of it because Jock, is turn, Jock Market, J-O-C-K-M-K-T in the App Store, the Google Play Store, is turning fantasy sports into a stock exchange where you can make money every hour, every minute, damn, down to the second. You're taking, it's actually a very simple concept, right? You're, all you're doing is you're buying, holding, selling players throughout the day, throughout the games, uh, whenever you want. And there's an IPO process as well. There's an IPO where you can pick up shares of your favorite players pre-game, and you can use our always free, never going to be behind a paywall, free jock market uh, IPO projections to help you beat the market. So we're providing you with tools. We're providing you with projections, analysis, and all of that good stuff. 
And when you sign up using the promo code AWESOMO, A-W-E-S-E-M-O, you'll get a $50 deposit bonus upon signing up and depositing for the first time. But they have markets for NFL, MLB, NHL, NBA, PGA, all of that good stuff. And, well, the biggest thing is, like I said, the first market guarantee where they will refund that jock market any losses up to $100 on your first NFL or NBA market, up to $100. Very cool. It's not time-consuming. You can do it sitting on your couch. You could do it uh, on a car ride in the passenger seat, of course, where you're gone anyway. That's, that's what's great about it. Get something to sweat where you don't have to be at your computer all day. You don't have to worry about late swap or injuries or any of that. Just check out Jock Market. Download it in the App Store, Google Play Store. Use that promo code AWESOMO and uh, let us know what you think. Jock Market, sponsor of the NFL Strategy Show. All right, uh, Neil, New England, we just got the Damian Harris news. That's huge. I think we start there. And for anyone just joining us, he is out. Break this backfield down for me. Yeah, so, I mean, Ramondre Stevenson, I think, is going to be the chalkiest running back on the slate at 4,900. Um, the Colts are fifth in rush DVOA and 17 the past DVOA. Oh, so let me ask you, a- let me say, I'm sorry, real quick, Neil. Yep, yep, yep. Do you think he gets above the Jonathan Taylor? No, actually, I, I take it back. I think that Jonathan Taylor will remain the chalkiest just because you have the salary. It's easy to get to Jonathan Taylor. Right. I think people will still prefer to play Jonathan Taylor. But my guess is that he does uh, get to Nick Chubb level, probably above Nick Chubb level. Yeah, I think second highest. Yeah, I think that's I think that's probably the way that it goes. Um, so but he's uh, with that. That being the case, that is pretty mega chalk. That's we're expecting him to be over 55 percent owned. Yeah, uh, maybe, maybe Nick Chubb comes down a little bit now. Um, but yeah, we're I, I think that it's uh, it's likely that Ramondre Stevenson is going to come in at over 50 percent owned. Um, I'm going to wait and kind of see what the tools say tomorrow. Once we get that update, like I said, I'm going to be on the deeper dive so we can talk about it a little bit more to determine whether whether that is actually positive leverage or negative leverage, because I don't really know what to expect there. The Colts have such a good rush D that there are ways that it fails. I think at 4900, he's, he's not the minimum um and you know you, you need some raw points so it's possible that he just doesn't do that well against the colts i'm obviously going to be playing some i don't think that he's like a player that you're going to want to fade because he is a talented running back um we've had we've seen him have some success he's 4900 and then where it really gets interesting is uh if brandon bolden doesn't play well so i think that brandon bolden is also a great play if if brandon bolden plays i think that he is a phenomenal play he is their best pass catching back he's 4100 we have him currently projected for 3.1 percent ownership with a 9.6 percent optimal lineup probability that's with damian harris in so uh, both of those numbers will go up we'll see you know how the leverage comes out but i think brandon bolden is going to be a really interesting play tomorrow regardless at 4100 against the colts um and then if Bolden is out, I don't know if you play currently JJ Taylor is on the COVID list. So if he's out, maybe then is Divino Zigbo would be the RB2 in New England. I would expect him to get no ownership. So he would probably become a little bit interesting. But um, I, I think that the one thing that we know for sure at this point is Ramondre Stevenson is going to get a lot of ownership and it will be deserved. It's just unclear at this point whether it will be deserved to the point of where the ownership comes in at because I don't, I, it's not a can't fail situation. Like, I think we almost had that a few weeks ago with Sony Michelle, where it was like it would have been really tough for Sony Michelle to fail against the Jaguars. I don't think that we have that situation with Ramondre Stevenson against this Colts defense because the defense is good enough that they could just stifle him, force the Patriots to throw a little bit, but it is definitely a really good spot. What, what do you think about this Patriots backfield? Do you think you'll be playing a lot of Stevenson, Bolden if he's in? Will you play any Ozigbo if he's the number two? I 
I don't know if I want to get to a Zigbo because actually I could probably tell you right now that I won't because assuming Bolden plays. So you're oh, so yeah, you're yeah. saying wait if a Zigbo yeah, yeah. is is the number two would I exactly if Bolden is out? Yeah, I, I think it's questionable. I think that's that's fine. I don't have an issue with that. He's minimum salary. It's going to be pretty easy to get get to whoever you want. But right now, Stevenson is just not. You're right. It's not automatic. It's not at a can't fail spot. I agree. Indy's run defense is pretty solid as well. So I'll take all of that into consideration. But Stevenson's not too bad. And the one thing I love is that Belichick has been 100% willing to get him the football. 24 carries last game. Yes, they ran the ball almost every, 97% of the time they ran the ball uh, last game. So it's an outlier, understandably so. But with Damian Harris out against Cleveland, Stevenson saw 20 carries and he would have seen considerably more, but they routed them 45 to seven. So with, with Damian Harris out, my guess is that Stevenson, assuming this is a competitive game and I see no reason to believe it won't be, probably eclipses 20 touches once again. And at $4,900, that's just too good of a spot to ignore. If you want to get away from it in tournaments, maybe some lineups, Neil, we could go Bolden over Stevenson. Maybe Stevenson gets banged up or just isn't productive. And Bolden is probably going to be the one, if, if active, that gets a decent amount of the pass-catching responsibilities. And we we know that with you know guys like James White, they've never been afraid to throw the ball as an extension of the run. So I think there's ways to get different here. But I do love Stevenson with Harris out. I also like Bolden a lot. I think you could go to both of them too. If you want to get really crazy, uh, maybe this offense really is pretty, pretty good. And we've seen them with some huge surprising performances. Maybe Bolden catches a touchdown and gets 10 carries and Ramadre Stevenson gets 20 carries on the ground. I don't think it's out of the question that both of these guys can be viable. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, it's also going to be, you know, somewhat dependent on when the news comes out. So like after, if news comes out after lock that Brandon Bolden is out, then I, my, my interest in Divino Zigbo will probably go up because nobody else will be playing him. I think it's also a great late swap situation in that depending on how your early players do, you might want to swap on to a Brandon Bolden or Divino Zigbo. If, if they're lower owned, you might want to swap on those guys. If your early players aren't doing well, just to kind of try to catch up. Um, I was just trying to see, I, somebody in chat said Clowney is out now. I was trying to, to see if that is the case. I didn't see, can't find any uh, verification of that, but that would be kind of interesting if that is true. Um, but but yeah, sticking with this backfield. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think they're all in play. I think, uh, you know, just keep in mind, that when the news comes out is going to affect the ownership. Uh, if the news comes out after lock that Brandon Bolden is out, then my interest in divine Ozig, well, lock of the first game, I should say, if the first game locks and we don't have the news yet on Brandon Bolden, and then an hour and a half before the second game starts, we, we hear that Brandon Bolden is out. Then my interest in divine Ozigbo will go up a lot because he will be the number two. I don't think that people would get there. So I think that that's the case where in a large field tournament, you would want to have some interest in, in Divino Zigbo. But yeah, I think that we're going to sort of have to take a wait and see approach, see, you know, how the news breaks, how the ownership is affected. Our, our ownership projection is affected by the fact that Harris is out. But my expectation is that I will get to, I'll get to two Patriots running backs, probably not three. I'm not totally sure, but I think that I'll get to whoever the two starters are, whether it be Stevenson and Bolden or Stevenson and Ozigbo. But we'll have to wait and see how that news breaks with Bolden tomorrow. Clowney is, in fact, out. Okay. All right. Well, 
anything else you want to hit on for we got to talk about the passing game a little bit here, even though it's not exciting. Yeah. You've got Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar, and then the the you mentioned it earlier, but John Smith actually makes for a pretty interesting topic of conversation here. I've been saying all season that when Hunter Henry was pulling all of that crazy ownership, he was more than twice as expensive as John Smith. That if you want to go crazy and, and be a little bit different, just go to John Smith at almost minimum salary because he's actually been involved in the red zone. And what you're looking for is simply a touchdown from this guy on a two game slate. So I don't have any issues with that. I will generally avoid new England's offense or passing game if I can, but I, I have no problem getting to Jacoby Myers or Nelson Aguilar or John U. Smith, even Hunter Henry, I think will be a very contrarian option, but that would be the only thing I'd say about him. I'm not excited about his price point or his current role in the offense. Yeah, so I was reading uh, Nate Otto's synopsis of this case, just to get a little recap before the show. And I found this really interesting. He pointed out that the Indy defense is allowing 17.2 fantasy points per game to tight ends. They've allowed 87 receptions for 890 yards and six touchdowns on the year. So that is where why I have some interest in both of the New England tight ends, just because Indy has been so bad against tight ends. And we don't really expect the ownership to be too crazy here. They uh, both Hunter Henry and John New Smith currently have positive leverage scores uh, in the boom bust tool. We've got Hunter Henry projected for 16.7% ownership with a 25.2% optimal lineup probability. That's pretty massive. So I have some, some interest in Henry at 4,200. And yeah, as you were saying, John New Smith, just we're projecting for under 6% ownership, 5.9% projected ownership for John New Smith. We know that he has some talent. Uh, we've got him 8.6% optimal lineup probability. He's 3000. I don't think that really any tight end, any starting tight end should be that low owned on a two game slate. And I think that for John New Smith in particular in this matchup, I think that's a, that's a spot I'm going to want to get well over the field. All right, Neil, let's talk about Indiana or we could call them Indianapolis. <laughs> too many, too much crossover between NBA yeah. and NFL. Jonathan Taylor, we haven't projected for ready for this. Tyler, or you're not Tyler. Mike, do you have a drum roll drop? Yeah, we, we need some drum roll drops up in here. 89.1%, Neil. 89.1% and 91.4% on FanDuel. And you know what? The truth is, if you're fading, Jonathan Taylor, you got some balls of steel. And I can kind of respect it because that this is okay. This is the 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 crazy thing for me. And I you're the perfect person to ask this question. If he really is going to be 90% out on a two-game slate, how much merit is there to saying? All right, maybe Jonathan Taylor doesn't have a good game. Maybe he gets hurt. Maybe this, be, and just to, to provide a little bit more context, the, the problem I have with that, and you can put a bow on it, is if he does still have like 17 fantasy points, which is bad for a big slate, is that still enough on this slate with two projected low scoring games and four teams that aren't exactly offensive powerhouses through the air? I uh, love to hear your explanation. Yeah. So it very well could be enough. Um, I think that if it gets up to 90% ownership, I'm going to not fully fade him, but I think I'm going to come well under the field if he gets up to 90% projected ownership. Um, just because, so now we have Ramondre Stevenson, we have Nick Chubb, 
Um, I think that we have some, and, and we have Josh Jacobs. I think, I think that we have three other players at least. And, and to an extent, I think Dernus Johnson, you could add to that list as two. I think we've got players that could do better than 17. If he has a fine, but not good game. I think that we have players that could beat him in this spot, just because I think on this slate in particular, I think that we have those there, there would be some two game slates where I would just say, I'm going to eat that chalk. But I think that this is one where, uh, just like from a raw points perspective, even though you can, you, you don't really need uh, that. You have a lot of flexibility in the salaries. I think from just a raw points perspective, there are, there, there, there's not a low probability that two running backs beat Jonathan Taylor. If he has a bad game, if he gets hurt in the third quarter and doesn't completely go off. I still think that he's obviously the best player, the most likely to put up a huge game, uh, of any of these running backs, but at 90%, this is football, you know, NBA, I'm okay. eating a 90% chalk player, but even on a two game slate, I don't think that I would eat that in, in an NFL slate. So I think at 90%, I would probably be well under the field. Do you think you would just eat the chalk or do you think you would try to get under as well? Mm. That's the problem I have is I don't know how much Taylor needs, and this would be a better question for, you know, you or Alex or somebody like that. And you did a great job of explaining it. I, I just look at it and I go by fade. When I'm fa- if I'm fading Taylor, what are my alternatives here? Is it Josh Jacobs against Cleveland? Is it who else? Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, Nick Chubb. Right. Johnson. Yeah, Nick Chubb for sure. But you still, you know, you're still, you have to play two running backs already. Yep. I, I feel like most lineups are going to have three running backs if, you know, with Damian Harris out. You can do it. And you're definitely yeah. going to be leaving salary on the table. That is, that's a foregone conclusion at this point. Shit, I don't even know if you could fill everything up. I don't uh, know if yeah. you could make a lineup. You might not be able 50. to. Yeah. Yeah, and that... I don't, it's a tough spot. It's a tough question because there are so few options. I think that I'll go into the field just because I think that some of these other running backs do actually have ceilings. I think they have pretty high ceilings. Uh, Josh Jacobs in a pretty good spot now with Jadavian Clowney just gets that much better. Both the Cleveland guys. Uh, but still, I, it would make me a little bit, a little bit sick to my stomach to fade. You know, I probably wouldn't be fading Jonathan Taylor in any high dollar contest. I think that it's viable to do in the Millie. Um, I, I don't, I don't know that I would be fading Jonathan Taylor in a 5,000 person contest, for example, something, something a little bit small. I just think for, for the largest field tournaments, I think it's viable if he gets up to like 90% ownership, just because I do think that there are other, there are other running backs that I would be happy to roster on this slate. Um, it's just, you know, the, the thing that holds us back, as we're saying, is just that you do have basically unlimited salary here. So if you're not playing Jonathan Taylor, it's going to be tough. You're, you're probably not going to be able to use up your salary, which that's okay. If you think that those other players can beat him from a raw points perspective, but man, it's, it is kind of asking a lot. So I think that I would be under the field. I don't think that I would full fade Jonathan Taylor. I'm not expecting to full fade Jonathan Taylor in 150 lineups. Um, but I think that I would come under the field if he, if he really is at 90% ownership. Dan Graziano just said, I'm being told there have been NFL, NFL PA discussions today about rescheduling Saturday's Raiders Browns game, likely to Monday or Tuesday, a decision that could be announced within the next hour. And then Adam Schefter quote tweeted Raiders are supposed to board buses to go to the airport at 1115 Pacific time. And some players have said that they are being told at this, at this time to stand down. 
which is a very odd way of, of phrasing that. Yeah. Stand down. We'll huh. see. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Well, so, so a lot of this might be becoming irrelevant very quickly. Yeah, it's very um, possible. We'll, we'll see. Benny we'll said, Lafayette, I don't care who the player or how good the situation. I'll never play a 90% owned running back. Okay. That's fine. I mean, he's the best running back in the world right now. So I get coming in underweight on him, but a full fade feels like a, an awful idea. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, what I'm, do reading you like? that, I'm reading that I look like a serial killer who's plotting a courthouse bombing as we speak. I can't say I've gotten that one before. Where? where? Shark, shark kill a G. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> to be clear, you're not planning a courthouse bombing as we speak. I don't want to give away what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah, you would be a really bad serial killer if that was the case. <laughs> uh, see, the problem is when you when you when the mics are hot and you're like, yeah, I'm going to try and get into chat today. That's yeah. when the floodgates <laughs> open. Shouldn't have said that. All right. Uh, oh, did we get some crazy responses around here? No, I'm, gotta, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Got to laugh at them. Yeah. Uh, we only have a few minutes left, Neil. And I want to build a lineup. Where are you at on the passing game, specifically Michael Pittman and mm. I guess you could talk to I Hilton and Jack Doyle for the, for the Colts. Yeah. I mean, Michael Pittman, like we're saying, you have basically unlimited salary. Michael Pittman is one of the better receiving options in this game. We have him at slight negative leverage. So he's 5,900. We have him 60.2% ownership with only a 54.1% chance of being in the optimal lineup, but that's still a pretty high, pretty high odds of being in the optimal lineup. So I'm going to be playing plenty of Michael Pittman, uh, T.Y. Hilton has positive leverage. We only have him projected for 21.1% ownership with a 25.9% optimal lineup probability. As we said, this is the higher projected game on the slate. So I, I like getting to some of these pass catchers. Uh, Zach, Pascal, Zach Pascal also looks pretty good. 18.3% projected ownership, 21.6% optimal lineup probability. I'll probably play some of him. They all look fine. I'm probably playing about even with the field, maybe just over the field on all of these guys. Uh, and then Ashton Doolin, I don't know. He's not even in the boom bust tool, but he's 3,100. Uh, he scored a touchdown over Thanksgiving weekend. I believe he catches balls here and there. It's a two game slate. You can, there, there are worse plays than Ashton Doolin, I guess. Um, I'm not super excited about any of the Colts players, pass catchers. I think that they're all fine. Um, Jack Doyle looks okay. 16.3% uh, projected ownership. 9.8% optimal lineup probability at 2,900 against the Patriots. You could play Jack Doyle. Mo Ali Cox feels like he's kind of fallen off a little bit. He just hasn't really done much this year. Um, every year I kind of go in thinking that he's going to break out. He's just this big monster of a guy, uh, red zone target, but hasn't really taken off this year, even though the Colts have played really well. We've got him at 5.7% projected ownership, 7.1% optimal lineup probability. I'll take my, my chances there. I'll be probably over that 7.1% uh, optimal or so, uh, sorry, over that 5.7% projected ownership and over the 7.1%. Do you have any, any interesting takes on any of these players? This isn't a spot where I'm really excited about any of them. They're just all kind of like, I'll, I'll sprinkle them in. I'm not really taking any stands. I don't think on the Colts receivers. Are you? No, I much prefer Pittman in negative game scripts, but I'm fine with him in neutral game scripts. And I anticipate this being the case. So I, I like Pittman. I, I think this will be a competitive game. No issues with Michael Pittman and, and jo Jonathan Taylor and Pittman are the two guys that you're going to want the most of. Again, this is a big puzzle at this point. It's a big game theory discussion for sure. 
and Pittman and Taylor are both getting a lot of ownership. So if you're trying to be different there, I totally understand going to T.Y. Hilton here. There's no doubt about it. He's not exciting at all, but I, I get it. If you wanted to do that, we saw Jack Doyle. He's 2,900. If it turns out that David Njoku is more popular, you could go to someone like Doyle, but I think Doyle's fine anyway. None of the guys in this passing game, when you have Jonathan Taylor, are going to be you know shockingly good plays on paper. It's just, I, I was obviously outside of Pittman. That's what makes you me a little bit more interested here because Pittman's going to be one of the highest owned players on the slate and the second highest owned wide receiver right now. Uh, all right, so we only have two minutes. We built a lineup, Mike. We had to skip Awesome Hall of Fame. We do have free content on the site though. NFL Top Stack Tool is completely free today. NBA player rankings, NHL player rankings, MMA pro plays, all of that stuff, totally free. And if you want to get access to the Express Pass, use the, take advantage of it because what we're looking at right now, all, all of the showdown tools, uh, ownership, uh, the top plays, single game top plays tool, all of our projections for showdown sites and a lot of main site content as well, all of their tiers, tools, and content is included in this. It's less than $4 a week. If you do it now, you're getting... Tomorrow's game probably going to be one. You're getting Sunday night showdown, Monday night showdown, probably Tuesday night showdown, all of that. Well worth less than $4. Awesome.com slash join. So let's do this, Mike. All right, sorry. Let's do this. Yeah, Mike and Neil, you got lineup builder pulled up. Neil, let's just start with quarterback, and then we'll turn this over to the NHL strategy show. Who do you want to go with if we're going large field tournament? Can we just try to use all of our salary and see if it works? I've um, done it. It does work. Yeah, <laughs> it does. Let's do you it. can use all your salary? Oh, yeah. So with Taylor, uh, you can, but not with, without Taylor, you can. Well, but okay. it's it's tough. All right. So quarterback. Let's see. I think. Let's let's just go with Derek Carr and, and we like the pass catchers. Let's just start there with Derek Carr. OK, uh, I'm going to go Nick Chubb. OK, uh, I am going to go Ramondre Stevenson. I like it. Do, do we want to try fading Taylor in the lineup? Just assume it's a large field. Yeah, let's see. Let's see if it works. All right. If that's so in the, that case, I want to go I, Pittman, though. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. All go right. ahead. I was just going to say I, I could then switch to uh, Josh Jacobs if we're going to fade Taylor. Now, let's, let's stick with Stevenson and see where we where we land. All right. All right. You want to play Pittman? Do, yeah, we could also go Wentz over Carr if we wanted to. Because if we're fading Taylor, either we're yeah, playing for a, lo a low scoring that's a good, game. That's a good idea. Yep. Yeah. Or we're playing for the aerial attack in, in yep. Indianapolis. So I'll go let's Pittman. All right. Let's 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 go. Let's switch to Wentz then. Yeah, I did. So we got Wentz, okay. Chubb, Stevenson, and Pittman. All right. Uh, I'm still going to go Renfro. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to throw in. So we got Wentz. I'll, I'll go with. I'll go with that. Zach Pascal, uh, or do we want to go T.Y. Hill? No, let's go. Let's go with uh, Pascal. Does still have? He hasn't been scoring a lot of touchdowns lately. Hasn't really been targeted as much in the right. Let's go T.Y. Hilton. Okay. Um, I, I just tried turning on YouTube to see where we're at, and we're uh, a minute behind on. on yeah, YouTube we'll we'll show. get out of here right after this. We're almost done. All right. Uh, so at tight end, let's go with uh, let's go with Hunter Henry. Since right. we didn't play Derek Carr. Sure. All right, little run back option there. We got 48-50 remaining. Let's just throw the Raiders defense in and see what we get at a flex spot. Okay. All right, so Raiders defense, 6,700 left. There's ja Jacobs is 6,600. Oh, beautiful. Let's do it. 
Yeah. I have no problem with that because fading Taylor and it's alone is enough to get different there. Yeah, exactly. Cool. I kind of like that. If there's a slate this week, I might throw that in a couple lineups, Neil. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, it's unlikely, but if there is, it seems unlikely. This has been fun though, man. This is a great show. Follow Neil at player Q DFS. Follow me at Lafayette underscore D shout out to Mike Lawrence for producing the show. Check out the NHL strategy show and all the other content we got coming up today for the NBA slate. We'll see you back here shortly. Tomorrow, we're going to have content no matter what. If there's one game or two games, we'll be here right on the Awesome YouTube channel. So hit that thumbs up, subscribe, and we'll catch you back here very soon. Peace.